All right, if you'd take God's precious word and turn to the book of Jude, book of Jude, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 12 and 13 this morning. Brother Doug came in this morning, he was in Judges chapter 19 over in Sunday school with kids, and and that's a, uh, a difficult passage of scripture, to put it mildly, and uh he came in this morning, and and uh, his eyes were watered up. He said, Brother, that was the hardest lesson I've ever taught. He said, people were evil back then. He said, but we got through it. We don't skip over verses. And I said, that's right, brother. We don't skip over verses. And so here at this church, we started at chapter 1, verse 1 of a book, and we go and we teach each and every verse till we finish that book. And so God willing, we'll be in verses 12 and 13 this morning. We actually uh, was in verse 12 last week. Uh, In Jude 12 and 13, the apostle Jude gives five analogies of false teachers that have crept into the churches unaware. And so he can illustrate these false teachers for us in very vivid detail the type of people who've crept into these churches, he's given us some analogies. And last week we looked at the first two analogies, sunken rocks and waterless clouds. That's what we looked at last week. In that study, Jude told us, if you'll look in verse 12 with me, he says, these, talking about these false teachers, are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you Feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. Carried about by the winds. Now this morning by God's grace. We're going to consider Jude's final uh, analogies. As we move further into verse 12. The last three analogies this morning. And the title of this message is. Dead trees and dirty seas. Dead trees and and dirty seas. Look with me now in the middle of verse 12. Jude says these false teachers are trees whose fruit withereth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. I pray, Father, you'll fill us with your Holy Spirit now and teach your word to these people. May all eyes be on you as we listen, Father, to your Holy Spirit in what he's written to us through this apostle. We ask in Jesus' name, give us the understanding we need, the guidance we need, and the glory that is due to you. Amen. Trees whose fruit withereth. Spring is my favorite time of the year. You all know that. And every spring I go out and I inspect my fruit trees to see how many blossoms they have. I get a kick out of that every spring. Go out and look at those blossoms. I'll come out and tell Tammy. Boy, we got a bunch of blossoms this year. Well, we don't have quite as many blossoms this year. And whether it's uh, peach or pear or fig or plum or whatever it is, I enjoy seeing blossoms on my trees because those blossoms are the tree's potential to bear fruit. When I put my a peach tree in the yard, you know why I put that peach tree in that yard? For one reason, one reason only. I wanted peaches. That's it. That's why God made peach trees. He made them to bear fruit, to make peaches for the people he loves. 
So I go out and I check those blossoms in the early spring. And then I keep my eyes on those blossoms. As the bees come out and they begin to pollinate the blossoms and everything. I keep my eyes on those blossoms. And I make sure that uh, they're getting pollinated. And I watch to see the little buds form in those blossoms. And, uh, uh, and, and I enjoy that so much. And, and when those, the, the tiny little peaches begin to form, I get excited if the, if the tree's loaded with them. Because I know Miss Tammy is going to make all kinds of good stuff for us to eat with those peaches. We have one peach tree that always yields the most tasty peaches every year. But at one time on the side of my house, we had four peach trees in my yard. And every year, the other three peach trees would be loaded with tiny peaches all over them, just loaded with them. And I would think, wow, we're going to have a huge crop of peaches this year. But as the season continued, the peaches on those trees didn't grow like the peaches on that one tree that always produces the fruit. They stayed the same size, that little bitty size throughout the growing season. And when the season was over, do you know what they'd do? They'd shrivel up and just fall off the tree. If you have a modern translation, instead of trees trees whose fruit withers, it may say late autumn trees. The whole idea is that the tree, that whole season... Advertised that it was bearing fruit. That was the advertisement it gives. Look at all the fruit we're bearing. But in time, the advertisement was deemed to be false. False advertisement. When the season was over, the potential of the tree was squandered. The master of the yard was deprived of the good fruit that belonged to him. And the people who counted on the tree's fruit were all disappointed. No fruit made it into the people's hands. Like the man who hid his talent in the earth, the tree's fruit withered and fell to the ground. Remember that? And Jude is saying that these false pastors are like these trees. He's saying they claim to be bearing fruit for God, but in actuality they bear no fruit for God at all. And any people who take refuge under their branches and come to their churches and follow their teachings and trust that God is using these trees, these pastors, these trees are not abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. So in spite of what they claim, these pastors are trees, look back in your text, without fruit. See? Their fruit withers. They're without fruit. Like fruitless trees that spend the entire season soaking in the water that comes down to those trees from heaven, feeding on the nourishment of the soil, they have nothing to show for it. And these fruitless pastors live out their season of of life on this earth, their time here on this earth, enjoying God's gracious provision, but not caring for God's divine purpose for their lives. And though they appear... To bear fruit for Jesus for a time. Time ultimately revealed them to be the hypocrites that they really were. When they were false teachers. They displayed little peaches on their branches. You see? 
The little peaches said, we, have we not prophesied in thy name? Right? In thy name have not we cast out devils? And, and, and in, in, in Jesus' name have not we done many wonderful works? But they never knew the Lord Jesus. They never served the Lord Jesus. They only served themselves in Jesus' name. They were alive in the flesh. But they were dead in trespasses and sins. Look back in your text. Jude says they are what? Twice dead. You see that? Twice dead. You see, every person is dead in trespasses and sins. Every single person. The Bible says in Adam, all die. So our first birth in Adam, it delivers us into sin and death. But our second birth in Jesus Christ, when we believe on him as our Savior, that delivers us into righteousness and everlasting life. That's why Jesus said, ye must be born again. But if a man is only born once, then that man has to die twice. Describing those who lived out their season on this earth, but did not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thus did not bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, because they had not the Holy Spirit. The book of the Revelation says in Revelation 20 verse 14, that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Jude says they are twice dead. Boy, Jude's not pulling any punches here either. He, he's not saying, oh, they're, they're just shallow Christians. He's not saying that. He's not saying, well, they're good in, intended. Uh, their, their intentions are good as pastors. They're just mistaken on a few doctrines. Jude says they're twice dead. They're trees whose fruit withers when autumn comes. False advertisement. Hypocrites. Twice dead. Look back in your text. Jude says, plucked up by the roots. If you were to be in my backyard, there's a there's a, a tree that's been standing in my backyard for at least a couple of years now. We've got a bird feeder on it, and uh, the the squirrels have run up and down that tree. The birds have fed off that tree, if that that feeder as it hangs on there. The tree is still standing there right now. But what the birds and the squirrels don't know is that tree has no roots in the ground. None. I put it there. It's just an old dead tree. And I want something to hang a bird feeder on. (laughs) There's no roots on the bottom of that tree at all. It's just standing there with all the bark on it and everything. And these preachers are twice dead. They are sinners by birth. And they are sinners by choice. And as that dead tree stands in my yard right now, so they are standing in pulpits across the world right now. Standing in churches and preaching and teaching people. They stand in their flesh and preach as though they live in the Spirit. But they live as though they're dead. They're fruitless trees. They're plucked up by the roots, having not the spirit of Jesus Christ. Jude says they are, verse 13, raging waves of the sea. The Greek word translated raging here, it means wild, wild waves of the sea. 
They pretend like they have bowed the knee to God. But they're actually wild men. Untamed by God's Holy Spirit. Having never come to terms with their sin. And come into agreement with God's word. In the Bible. The sea represents the sinful chaotic world we live in. You think about the sea right now. Back and forth. That where, whichever way the wind blows is the direction the water goes. Just tumultuous. And that's the whole idea here. In the world, it, 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 the people of this world, they just go whatever direction the influence of the devil in this chaotic world blows them in. As the sea is unstable and blown by earthly winds. So are the people who do not walk in God's spirit. Instead of being led by the unchanging spirit of God. Their course is blown by the ever changing winds of this fallen world. I want you to listen to how the prophet Daniel. How the prophet Daniel described. Four Gentile empires. That rose up from this fallen world. If you're taking notes write down Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. Daniel 7, verses 2 and 3. Which says, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. Now, in prophecy, again, the sea represents the sinful, chaotic world that's under the influence of the devil, the prince of the power of the air. Make sense? And so Daniel says, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Now, when you understand prophecy, when you study prophecy, you know that in the end times there's going to be another beast, right? And that there's going to be the mark of that beast that's placed upon the unbelieving people. And so here we have four great beasts come up from the sea. And then you begin to learn that a beast in prophecy is speaking about some type of governmental entity. Okay? We're going to be ruled by a lamb. <laughs> but the, 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 the world is ruled by a beast. We're going to be ruled by a lamb that comes down from heaven. They're ruled by beasts that come up from the chaotic sea, the dirty sea, right? Dead trees and dirty seas. And so they're going to, be, they're going to come up. And so the wind strive, the, 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 the wind blows upon it, and then there's this tumult, the striving, and, and suddenly throughout all the chaos and the, the demonic influences of the prince of the power of the air, these four beasts rise up out of the chaotic world. Diverse one from another. In the book of the Revelation, at, in the end time, we see a city coming down from God out of heaven. But now we see governments rising up from the fallen world. And they're going to continue to rise up from the fallen world until our king returns from heaven. Make sense? Listen to how the Apostle John describes the last beast that rises up from the fallen world. In Revelation 13, 1. 
John says, and I stood upon the sand of the sea. There it is again. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns. You see the governmental analogy there. And upon his heads the name of blasphemy. In other words, it was a government that was not one nation under God, but seven against him. And so, uh, do you see what Jude is saying now here? He's saying that these pastors did not come from God. They did not come down from God out of heaven. They rose up from the same fallen world that the beasts rise up from. Like the wild waves of the sea, these pastors too are tossed about by earthly winds rather than moved by God's Holy Spirit. And this is in direct contrast to those who are taught by the pastors that God gives the church. The Apostle Paul, speaking of the true pastors, said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, that Jesus gave his pastors and teachers to the church so that we would not be, quote, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. You see the difference there? you got the winds striving on the sea, and out of those chaotic winds, the governments come up. And out of those same chaotic winds, the false teachers rise up. And Paul says, Jesus, when He ascended up on high, and He was sat down at the right hand of God, He gave gifts unto men. He gave pastors and teachers and evangelists and apostles and prophets. So they would, we would not be tossed to and fro and by the winds of doctrine. He says, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So these pastors may be very busy in the ministry. But they rose up from the sea. So they're not preaching the truth of God and and they're not glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, but they are preaching lies and by doing so they are, look back in your text, foaming out their own shame. The other day a couple of our church members were walking down the beach and they saw a dead jellyfish that had been washed up on the beach How many of y'all like to go to the beach? I personally don't like it, but I know women love beaches and horses. I don't know what it is. Beaches and horses. And young women like the the, unicorns. Anyway, whatever it is. But they love beaches and horses. But y'all ever seen sea foam washed up? Yeah. Have you ever had a cup of it for breakfast? How many of y'all want a cup of that sea foam for breakfast? It's nasty. It's dirty. And that's, that's, that's the whole idea that Jude's describing here. That if the winds blow it in, if these chaotic sinful winds blow across the sea of the chaotic sinful world, and they blow it in, then the produce they're giving, they advertise fruit. But the fruit's not real. And in the end time, it just withers and drops down because it's not real. It's false advertisement. They're hypocrites. What they're really doing, instead of abiding in the vine and Jesus bearing fruit through those branches, they're abiding in the sea and the winds are blowing foam 
through them. That's what's washing into the church. That's why the churches are are being blown off course right now. That's why they're filled with with uh, ungodliness right now, and their 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 doctrines are are deceitful, as Paul described. They're tossing people back to and fro with every wind of doctrine whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And our church members saw this nasty old dead jellyfish. The raging waves of the sea had washed it up to shore. When stormy winds blow upon the sea and the raging waves are coming crashing onto the dry ground, it brings that old dirty sea foam, trash and dead creatures up on the shore. Right down in your margin or in your notes, Isaiah chapter 57 verse 20. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 20. And in that particular passage, God speaks to the prophet Isaiah And he begins to describe wicked people. And listen to his description. And I I, I wonder if this is not what Jude had in mind when he wrote this. Isaiah 57, 20 says, quote, The wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. I just wonder if that scripture wasn't in Jude's mind, if the Holy Spirit didn't put it there whenever he wrote this particular verse. The wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. That's what these creepy clergy are doing. They don't bring glory to God. They bring shame to the name of Jesus. They don't bring life to the people. Like that jellyfish, they wash up death. They're not butting out the fruit of Christ. They are foaming out their own shame. Jude says they are, look back in your text, the final analogy here, they are wandering stars. Wandering stars. Now in the Bible, a star represents someone who's supposed to be bearing the light of God. I love going out in the night sky and I love looking up into the sky and there on that black canvas are all those bright stars shining. That's the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to shine as lights in a dark world. And uh, Jesus is telling us that that, uh, we're supposed to let our light shine before men, right? That they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. In Revelation chapter 1, stars represent the pastors of the churches. In Revelation 1.20, Jesus said the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And if you'll remember, the word angels means messenger. So the seven, you had seven churches, and those seven churches had seven stars, and the seven stars were the seven angels or messengers of the churches. Pastors are supposed to shine the light of God in the pulpit. That's what we're doing right now. You're not hearing my words. We're going word by word, verse by verse, explaining and expounding the word of God. And as we do it, the light of God shines out and illuminates the people of God. Instead of being tossed by the winds of men, we are driven and moved by the Holy Spirit because we have the light of God given to us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So pastors stand and they shine the light of God in the pulpit. And then Christians take that light. They take God's word and they shine the light of God to the people around them. 
The Bible says in Philippians 2.15 that we live, quote, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We're stars. In John 8.12, Jesus promised his church. He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. But these false pastors, they do not follow the Lord Jesus. They reject the light of God. The light of God is found in one place, in one place only. And that's Jesus Christ. Him crucified, buried, and risen again to fulfill the prophecies about him in the Old Testament. And then coming again to make all things new by God's marvelous grace through the gospel covenant. These false pastors, though, they do not follow the Lord Jesus. They reject the light of God. And because they do so, they remain in darkness. Like clouds. Without water. Like we looked at last week. Like clouds without water. Like trees without fruit. They are stars without light. How sad. I thought of physicians without medicine too. They are wandering stars. They don't follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They wander off the path and do so intentionally. They're wandering stars that don't follow Jesus. But as the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2, 2, he he says they follow the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. They are dead trees. They are the waves on dirty seas. They are stars that ran off course. Look back in your text now. To whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I want you to notice the word reserved there. Reserved. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 through 4. Listen to what it says about those Who walk in the light of Jesus Christ. The apostle Peter said. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which according to his abundant mercy. Hath begotten us again. That's that second birth. Now these people are twice dead. Christians are twice born. Isn't that good? They're twice dead. Plucked up by the roots. We're twice born. And our roots are down in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we live. But Peter says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Reserved. If you've been born again through faith in Jesus Christ, the light of the world, then you have an inheritance that's incorruptible, that's undefiled, and that's fading not away, and it's reserved in heaven for you. But these wandering stars reject the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now there is reserved for them only the blackness 
of darkness forever. They exchanged the light of Jesus for a lie. And now eternal darkness is all they have to look forward to. Jesus told Christians that we are the light of the world. But these are wandering stars. Such a senseless tragedy. Those who should have borne the light of God. Will now wander in eternal darkness. Aren't you glad you have a Bible? (laughs) Aren't you glad we don't have to wander in darkness. Because we have the light of life. That tells us about the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he's come to do for us. In the gospel message. With that we'll go ahead and close. And Lord willing we'll take back up. Next Sunday. In the next verse. And continue going through the book of Jude. Right. We have choir practice brother Shepherd, And so those who are in the choir. will have choir practice right after. And uh, we'll go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father we thank you. For your precious word. We're so grateful Father. For those who came here today Father. To listen to what you have to tell the church. To the scriptures. We thank you Lord. For giving us an understanding. We thank you Lord. For being so candid with us Lord. Concerning. uh, uh, Churches. Concerning Father where we go. And who we listen to. And. Uh, Lord that we don't seek out man's opinion but Lord we dive in deep into thus saith the Lord I pray for your blessing upon all those here I pray for those who could not be here today and who are out sick we pray for their recovery and we pray for a safe trip home for everyone today in Jesus precious name